As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences Each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Dumb Dad Podcast. My name is Kevin, and I'm a dumb dad. Hello, my name is Evan, and I am a dumb dad. Hey, Evan, aren't you glad that the chaos of the holidays is over? Oh, yeah, I really am. But, you know, I've been struggling to put my foot down with my oldest lately, kind of just getting up, ready for school, excited about school. Really? I bet the gang at Little Honor Health can help. I was actually looking through their app, and the amount of core services they have is impressive. Two of their specialties that are really helpful for me are on aggression and tantrums, but they also have a back-to-school mental health toolkit that I think would be right up your alley. Well, you make a good point. I'm going to make sure I go to littleautohealth.com and we'll take it from there. Hey, pal. Hey, buddy. How's it going? You know, it's going. And things are, uh, it's ups and downs. It's all around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm confused most of the time. But I'm mm-hmm. very excited because today we have a very special guest with us. It's going to make us feel better about all the things we do wrong. Oh, excellent. That's a big, that's a tall order. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, no pressure. But anyway, we want to introduce today um, Dr. Helen Egger. She co-created Little Otter, which is a mental health app uh, website company that supports children and their families dealing with uh, mental health issues, really kind of all kinds of issues. But um, Helen, thank you for joining us. First, Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm it's, really, I'm, do I get to call myself a dumb mom or you just- Yes, by all means. Dad? Okay, so I'm joining as a dumb mom of four. So. <laughs> yes, welcome. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine how inaccurate that probably is, but we'll take well, it. <sighs> I would probably think it's probably the same for you two as well, but there you go. <laughs> we, we're yeah. all in this club. 
Yeah, we're so, trying to take the dumb trope back. Like that's why we actually started the whole dumb dad thing was to be yeah. like, we're yeah. not as inept. And then now since we've tried to take it back, we realize we are just as inept. And <laughs> um, Helen, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little rundown of like how uh, Little Otter came to be, a little bit of your background and how Little Otter came to be. Yeah. And then we would love to get into the, some of the conversations we're gonna get to have together today. Excellent. Thank you. So I'm a child psychiatrist mm -hmm. and I founded Little Otter with my daughter, which is one of the most amazing opportunities in my life. And my background is in uh, academic medicine, you know, do research in early childhood mental health. I've run large uh, child psychiatry programs at uh, Duke and at NYU and really came to feel like, wait, we need new solutions that, you know, we've got great things happening in a lot of the academic centers, but it's not reaching families. And yeah. we were in a mental health crisis before the pandemic and it's really gotten worse. So mm -hmm. the other thing is I really believe the only way we're going to get better care to families is if we innovate and we use technology and we use telehealth. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you don't always have the person right there in your community to go see. And so that's where Little Otter comes from. And my daughter mm -hmm. has an amazing background in tech and product and design. And so we brought um, our expertise together to create Little Otter. And we take care of kids 0 to 14 and their families. And with a very family-centric approach, we take care of you know, as we say, you don't bring a problem child to Little Otter, you join Little Otter as a family. Mm -hmm. Kevin and I have been lucky enough to be working with uh, Little Otter yep. and have been for the last few months and have, has, have enjoyed every aspect of it. Um, what was so fitting, I thought, and, and what you just said there for families and kids zero to 14, is that my son was going through some, showing some signs of anxiety about um, going to school and kind of mom and dad are staying home, but I have, I'm at school. So I'm separate. It's like separation anxiety, these kinds of things. And he started to get like, feel like sick to his stomach before he would go to school. And we thought, and I've, I've dealt with anxiety for um, a lot of my adult life. And it was just kind of like that. Yeah, these feel like early signs, potential of something. So maybe we should, maybe we could talk to somebody. And before little otter came to us, my wife and I were looking up, where can he maybe go see somebody now it's pandemic. And yeah. what was fascinating was that most companies or anybody that we found was, it, it was for 12 and older. That's right. And we thought that was really interesting. And, and he's, uh, well, he just turned seven, but he was essentially yes. six at the time. Um, so a little bit about that, like, is there a reason that you target that age? Absolutely, or? 100%. So the reason is that's what I'm an expert in. So my yeah. life's work has focused on children zero to six and then and then also as they grow from that time but I'm passionately an early childhood mental health doctor because one little kids have mental health challenges like anxiety disorders at the same rate as older kids we think mm -hmm. it's just these are stuff that just happen to teens but the second thing is the earlier we can identify things and we've got great interventions, it has such a big impact on the child going forward. We prevent so much suffering and distress if we can catch things like you did with your son, right? Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. Like instead of being like, hey, pull yourself together, um, you're fine, you know, you don't have a problem, you listened and you had your own experience. Mm -hmm. So you could say, wow, this feels a lot like 
what I've experienced and then mm-hmm. get him help. And, you know, that's the power. That's what we want at Little Otter to for families to be able to ask the question, should I be worried? Is this something that we need some specialized help with or not? Yeah. And then if you do, to be able to get it in a place that um, you know, there are very few people who have expertise in early childhood mental health. So that's why we knew we had to be an early childhood company because I want to share the work that, that I've done and my colleagues and really get the word out about young children and mental health. Why, why is that? Why is it that it's only start, most of the companies start at 12? Is it just something that's only been recently not discovered, but like, um, like appreciated or noticed or. uh, Yeah, it's, it's a few things. I think that is true. So when I started in my career at Duke doing early childhood mental health, people would literally laugh. They'd be like, ha ha, you're putting babies on couches that's dumb. It's not going <laughs> to. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they're going to roll off. I mean, that makes <laughs> sense. Exactly. So, so, but you know what, what made the change? I mean, I've been doing this work for 30 years. Yeah. If you do good science and do good work, it changes people's minds. And what we've been mm-hmm. able to do in the field is not just say that this happens, but show that it happens and follow children and learn about children. And, and that is, so that's that piece. The other thing is taking care of younger kids is harder than taking care of teens and young adults and adults. I mean, always in child mental health, we want it involved the family, but if you have a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a two-year-old, a six-year-old, you can't just sit them down on a chair and say, please tell me about your depression and are you mm-hmm. having panic attacks and what triggers it? You have to bring your knowledge about observing young children's behaviors. Like for example, tummy aches and realize that tummy aches and aches and pains and headaches is one of the ways young children tell us that they're experiencing emotional distress. The other thing is, you're always working with the family, right? It, you need to work with parents and children. You need to mm-hmm. work to really help a young child. Maybe mom is depressed. I'll tell you that it may be one of the most important ways you could help a young child who's having problems to help to help that child's um, parent be able to get mental health care. That's going to have a big mm-hmm. impact on the kid's mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I can only imagine that's, uh, yeah, help the helper because that's who the child looks to for guidance and all these things. I mean, yeah. it's so funny when you um, when you come a, become a parent, it's something I've thought about a lot is that it's almost like I come to the realization like it is full circle. And I never having yeah. imagined myself as a parent or had the perspective of a parent. I mean, it, it just, not only does it, it doesn't necessarily change your perspective. It adds a massive perspective. I would say, yeah. I still have my own personal perspective of my experiences and things that, you know, as, as, as I grow as a man and a, and I use that term very loosely, um, <laughs> <laughs> but as a, as a father as well, it's, it's like, I'm learning here too, you know? And so it's, yes, I think in so many ways as parents, you feel lost a lot of time or I don't know what to do here. Or I think that's one of the things I like about um, Little Otters that it's, it's, which is probably the question a lot of parents ask, when do I know if this is something that I should be addressing? Or is this like, you know, because sometimes you feel very alone in that way, even, even as a 
yeah. a couple with a couple kids, you can feel alone. Like, is my, is my kid the only one that acts like this or does right. this or is it, you know, and right. who, who, who has the answer to that, you know, and this is, yes. this is exactly what this is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's not just our experience as adults we bring to understanding children. It's remembering our experiences as children and having mm-hmm. compassion for ourselves as kids and what we yeah. went through and wanting sometimes to do it the same, but sometimes to do it differently because we remember, I mean, it was a different era, at least when I grew up and many people did and, and how we can bring forward the feelings and experiences that we had as little people and, and recognize that in our kids and, and really honor that the way we would in our own life. I actually talked about the, about this on the last podcast, but um, how my daughter like had fallen asleep. She she does this thing sometimes where she if she's like gets mad about something, she doesn't do it a lot. But every once in a while, she'll go to bed, and we'll be like, uh, "You can, you got, but yeah. uh, it's like dinner is in like twenty minutes." And she's like, "I'm gonna go to bed," and she'll be asleep. It's happened like two or three times, but this other time that it happened, um, you know, she woke up at like nine. <laughs> having taken quite a nap and so we were like hey what's up your brother's asleep do you want to hang out and just like popped a movie on got her some food and then she hung out and I just remember I remember that experience to a degree when I was a kid of like when you stay up late and it really brought me back it was like one of those moments I was like oh my gosh I know what she's thinking like I know what's in her brain right now right fighting this is I'm like this is cool like we're staying yeah. up and it's and, something special right yeah so and it's like the, those are the things I want to connect with like other situations too because this is, I've if I can remember those I certainly can remember like they're not I great. also want can I give you a little insight into your daughter going to want to fall asleep that's an awesome coping skill that she's demonstrating there. To me, what she's saying is, I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I I really am can't handle this situation right now. And I need to um, you know, regroup and rest and be able to come back. So I, I think just to even think about that, that that shows a kind of, I mean, I don't want to say she's thinking this through, but that yeah. she has a way to take care of herself when her feelings overwhelm her oh that's that's good to hear because we were my wife and I were definitely like I don't know what are we doing here (laughs) well I'm gonna support you uh in that I think that you handled that really well oh yeah well good thank you it's funny that you say that Kim because there's there are so many things your kid does you think like no this could be this could be like a very like wow prideful moment or we're in trouble here yeah uh you know which is, i mean this is kind of like we keep talking about this is what little otter is for like wh- when do you recognize so let me ask you kind of piggybacking off that so my son when he there's there's a few weeks there and he's it's happened once in a while since but like it it manifests itself into like he's worried i think it's i think what is happening is he's feeling anxiety about going to school so he's going to be at school and away from mom and dad mm-hmm. and so he said a couple episodes he had at school um that he was, he was worried that like we could get hurt mm-hmm. at home and, and he won't be there. Um, and the, of course the, the adult take on that is like, well, you're six. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. you're going to do, even if but you could maybe get calling and get help, of yeah. course, but it manifested into like his stomach didn't feel well. He kept asking to use the restroom and, you know, it, is that almost in, 
maybe he's not coping with it, but is that he doesn't know how to process these major feelings he's having that consume him, that overwhelm him. Right. Um, and like one of the things about anxiety is like once it's like he kind of gets locked into that thought process and he can't get out of it. Right. Right. And so it manifests because he doesn't know how to, he doesn't have any tools to deal with it right, right. now, or he doesn't right. really know that that's happening to him. It manifests into like a physical manifestation where he doesn't feel good or mm-hmm. is that kind of the same? Is that just so, how a different so, kid deals with it or? Well, so really interesting. I mean, this is the fear that something bad is going to happen to your family mm-hmm. members when you're away is a core symptom of separation anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's common. Many, many children have that worry, right? They worry mm-hmm. either that something bad is, it's a, it's a way of catastrophizing separation, right? I can't mm-hmm. be separated because this terrible thing is going to happen. So I have to well, stay It will close. happen. Yeah, it will it happen. Will, it, it, will yeah, happen. it will happen. And, yeah. so, and so I think the key thing in when we help children with anxiety disorders is give them I mean, the most effective intervention is what we call cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, which is basically giving you a toolkit to recognize when your mind is having you think these thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. It starts with learning relaxation, how to relax your body, how to do breathing that will bring down the physical feelings that you have of anxiety. Mm -hmm. But then after you learn some of those things about your body and how to calm your body, then you learn skills about how to you know, really, I mean, the work that we do is you like make a list of fears, like what are Mm -hmm. your different fears and then how to sort of bring the thinking mind to the emotional mind. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's one of the big things I think parents need to know about anxiety, particularly school anxiety is helping our kids avoid the thing that makes them afraid does not help anxiety. Right. Because if you say, oh, honey, I know you are feeling so anxious about being separated from us. Let's keep you home from school and you, you know, will do whatever that gives the message. Wow. That situation is so scary that I'm going to protect you from having to face this fear. Now, of course, there are kids who can have it's so overwhelming. You have to do it in a stepwise way. But a lot of treating kids with anxiety is managing our own anxiety. And Mm -hmm. I we have a lot of anxiety in our family also. So, um, you know, it you have to man because it's so upsetting to see your child being upset that Mm -hmm. you want to take them away from that hard situation. And what we really need to do is support them in the environment and give them the tools to be able to, you know, manage the anxiety. But the other thing is anxiety goes up. It always comes down. Yes. I mean, that's just the reality of anxiety. So if you don't have an experience of like, "Ah, this is never going to go away. And then it does. Then you'll, you'll think that, it's never going to go away and you yeah, have to experience two, that it does. Yeah. The, the biggest tool I probably learned when in, in therapy was that to, as how to recognize when it like kind of starts to happen because yeah. before it was like, all of a sudden it's like you find yourself in this like storm of, of internal emotion and I don't know what to do. So the first thing to do is recognize it and then, and then trusting that it will, 
it will stop. It will, in the moment yeah. of, of, of sheer panic or, or these overwhelming anxious feelings will come to an end and there will be uh, light at the end of the storm, if you will. So, uh, you know, and that's, but knowing that is sort of a, it's sort of an experience thing it felt like, but seeing it early in children is, is, uh, I mean, that's such a powerful thing. These are, are very, I mean, I can reassure you that like a, a, a thing like that, like worrying that he won't be there to save the family from a calamitous event. It's good to know that kids who are having separation anxiety, that's a common thing they think. So it's like your kid is not being weird. That is yeah. actually how the brain works when you're feeling that anxiety. So, yeah, I mean, you wish he wasn't feeling that, but right. the thing is, we we reckon we know that we're comfortable with it. We can, you know, we can reassure him and you that this is how people feel, and let's let's get the tools to help. Yeah, I think, and you say generation generationally, it's so funny that my mom was always saying that she you know, that is in anxiety, the study of anxiety and things has, has, has fairly recent in, in yeah. general. Um, so my mom then was diagnosed late in life, realized she had gone through it her whole life and there's never yeah. any answers, especially in my, my mom's generation. It hit me later in life, but it, then seeing it in your child, there's a moment of feeling <sighs> scared and like, oh, of, co- of course there, I, I wish that I don't wish that on them. Mm-hmm. But on the other side with my, my, my wife even helped me realize, but at least it's something that I can speak to him about. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's another thing if he has something, um, and I'm, all children have something, I'm sure, but if he is going through something that I've never dealt with before, and I would have no idea how to, then it's a huge benefit for, for um, things like Little Otter that I, I've, I don't know what's going on, but I, I need an answer or I need to help my kid through this. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, anxiety, some anxiety is good. Trust me, we don't want a world where people don't feel anxious. I mean, anxiety (laughs) keeps us from being hit by cars. Anxiety helps Mm -hmm. us, you know, learn the things we need to keep growing. So it's it's also just recognizing everyone has anxiety. It's really when it gets out of out of control and is hurting you. But it's not like we're not trying to be in an anxiety free. I mean, it's just not what life is like. <laughs> Certainly not lately. Uh, and not lately, but not ever. If there was any, if there was ever any hope, there wasn't, but we blew past that yeah. <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. So I, I actually wanted to tell you a little story for myself as a parent, because my second child had horrible separation anxiety and taking him to preschool was a total nightmare. I mean, he would literally like cling to my leg. And um, so we went through that. So I know how difficult it is, but, and he was three. So one day after he'd been in school for two months, he came home from school and he said, I've decided to go to school more often. And it was such a, but he'd been going all the time, but it was like, I'm ready to actually show up. I'm, I'm actually ready to like really be at school. And it, it was so interesting that he was going through this process and he got to a point where it's like, ah, I think I can do this. And I think I'm going to show up, show up. That's fantastic. I love the declaration of it too. When it's like, (laughs) all right. I mean, you've been going all the time, but yeah, but that, uh, but that shows it's how he was feeling inside. It was like, he was resisting. 
He was there, but he was protesting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here physically, but I'm not really going to be showing up with my full self. Yes. Hey, I just want you to know we got to the end of the month and you can pay the preschool. I'll I'll do it next month. (laughs) We'll give it a go. (laughs) Uh, That's incredible. I really like that. a little louder because I, I know I like the idea of the app. I like the idea of things being readily available. I think it's not necessarily new for people to be like, what, like in a moment being like, what's the answer to this? You know, people do it with right. cooking and uh, just normal stuff of just like, how do I do this? And just look up real quick, like a recipe. But I mean, how many times have we had a situation in a grocery store or, you know, at the mall or just at the park and you're just like, what was that? Yep. And you need, and then of course you search it. And if you just search the internet, I mean, it's probably cancer because that's what the internet will tell you. About <laughs> of everything. course, yeah. <laughs> but I think the other thing, here's, here's what we're trying to do at Little Otter. You might go Google it and look it up. You're not getting a recipe for your kid. You're getting a recipe for all kids. And what you need to know yes. is not like what the average kid my kid's age does, but it's like, what do I do when my four-year-old daughter who has XYZ does this, it needs to be personal. You need mm-hmm. it, it. The general is not going to really help that much. Yes. Cause I've actually had those situations myself where um, for instance, I have this thing with my, with my daughter where she sometimes we call it her getting stuck. We don't know if that's mm-hmm. a medical term, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, good term, but it's just like, no matter if we've and it, uh, talked through a situation, like, you know, in a way almost resolved it, they're mm-hmm. still kind of like stuck in that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll research it in the past. We'd have researched it and, and looked it up. And then it'll always get to some point where it's like, and then they're they're hitting you, I assume, with a remote. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're not mm-hmm. there. No, we've taken, yeah. a, wrong t- we've taken <laughs> a wrong turn somewhere. Right. Now we're lost. Um, right. And it's just kind of like a thing with uh, where where she's been like stuck lately, and we're just mm-hmm. like I don't know how to get you out of it. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, you know, maybe the easy out is ice cream, but is that, you know? Yeah. Well, and but right, and that if it's ice cream, Every you're going to have a lot of stuckness because ice cream is really yummy. Yeah, I know. And then yes, that's what that means. Oh, if I get stuck here, I'll get rewarded, and it's like, well. Yeah. Yeah, I know I got to put my socks on, but I'm feeling pretty stuck at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like some chocolate chip, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give her cereal. She just takes the spoon and drops on the floor. Ugh, I'm yeah. the worst. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the, you know, just meeting with one of our parenting specialists mm-hmm. a little louder to just be like, hey, this is what's happening. And we can ask some questions. Mm. You know, then we there may be some advice in managing in the situation or, you know, might say, Hey, this makes us think about something else. It's, I mean, that's what I would want. I mean, obviously, even as a child psychiatrist, you face this like, Oh my God, what to do. And, you know, luckily I have a bunch of other friends who are child psychiatrists, so I could, you know, reach out to some experts as a friend, but do that all the time. Like, Oh my God, what, what's going on? 
You know, living in Los Angeles during the winter, it may not rain a lot, but it does get really windy. And when that happens, my skin feels really dry, dehydrated. So here's what I've been doing. I've been creating a little bit of an escape pod in the shower. I'm using the Skin Softening Way Melrose Place Body Cleanser. It balances my skin, doesn't strip it of anything. It gently cleanses and nourishes using high-quality nourishing ingredients like jojoba seed oil. And if you don't have jojoba seed oil, I don't know what you're doing. Okay, so experience the new way Melrose Place body cream and cleanser, your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, use code BELIEVE. So I want to switch gears a second and talk a little bit now from the perspective of you. So we have your perspective and it's great information about being a uh, a child psychologist and a doctor. So I want the mom perspective. So like <laughs> one, I would assume all the time, do your kids grow up just thinking you're just reading their mind constantly? Oh, oh, they, well, they're like, yeah, stop being all psychiatry. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Like, I'll be like, so I just said, do your homework. Me how you're feeling. It's just like, <laughs> ugh, mom, like yuck. <laughs> so there's definitely, definitely that's an easy out of a conversation. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, but in the end, like it's just the same in any of our work as grown-ups. We have our work life and then we have our home life and we're not, you know, we're mom when we're home. Um yeah. although I will say, you know, when Rebecca, who I co-founded Little Otter with, when she tells about the origin of Little Otter, she's like, because I grew up and we could not go anywhere in Durham without running into someone who's like, oh my God, my kid's doing this. Can you recommend, you know, something, which I love to do. That's, yeah. I mean, but, but, you know, she grew up realizing that so many people were reaching out to me for help and that they couldn't all see me, um, you know, sure, sure. and, and that how do we scale that and make that available to more people? Did, did you have your degree before or after dirt with children like when when did all so what i so i graduated from medical school absolutely mm -hmm. pregnant as could be eight and a half months <laughs> pregnant with rebecca okay. very funny pictures of me in my gown um <laughs> and so and then i had my second child during residency so when i was okay. training and then I had, we decided to have a third child um, mm -hmm. and it was right when I was starting my research career okay. and we, um, oh, I was going to tell you our story. So we went to the obstetrician um, mm -hmm. to have the first check at 10 weeks and like the baby looks fine. I just had this funny feeling. So I was like, said to my husband, I'm just going to check out this other practice. You don't need to come. I'm in the ultrasound room and the tech goes, no one told me this was a twin pregnancy. Uh, and look, I'm not a radiologist, but I look over and I'm like, oh my God, there are two heads there. What? Yeah. And I'm 12, I'm 12 weeks by this point. So uh that mm -hmm. was um Oive, right? We doubled the day yeah. they were born, we doubled our number of children. I mean, the other thing that was amazing is. I had two separate placentae. So we thought they'd be fraternal twins, right? Mm. Um, but turns out they're identical twins. So they came out and I'm like, everyone's like, we had to put an O, one of my sons, Oliver and Leo. We literally took a Sharpie and drew an O on his hand. Nice. We came home because we were just getting to know. It was like, <laughs> oh my God, what if we mix them up? That that would really be bad. So. Um, oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. 
I have, my brother and sister are fraternal twins, but okay. when, when we decided, when my wife and I decided to have a second child, I was convinced. I mean, it was like, it's going <laughs> to, we're going to go from one to three. It's going to happen. Well, I think this, I have to tell you, never crossed my mind. Um, I mean, it's been the most incredible thing. Having twins is amazing. Like I was remember when they were two and a half, one of them, I think it was Leo was walking down the stairs and he said, mommy, do you know that Oliver and I share the same face? Oh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> like, yes, you do. You share the same face. <laughs> that would be the definition of being an identical twin. So, so did Oliver get a tattoo of an O on his hand or arm or something? <laughs> no, he has other tattoos, I'm sorry okay. to say. Um, one of them is a tattoo person and the other one is not. That's sort of, that's easy to figure out. It makes it way easier. Well, there you go. Now it's, now it's easy, (laughs) but you know, being a twin, I don't know about your brother and sister, but their bedroom was right near the kitchen. And one morning I was making coffee and I heard them wake up and one said, good morning, superhero, Oliver. And the other one said, good morning, superhero, Leo. And then they just got up and were in their imaginary world. So it's a, uh, once you get through the first two years, I literally stop parents with new twin babies. And I'm like, you will survive. <laughs> there, there is hope. You will survive. Get to two. I'm the nanny. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, you'll survive too, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, just don't lose hope. You, you, you will make it through. That is so And then funny. it's great because they play with each other and they have yeah. a playmate there all the time. <laughs> my mom needed, my mom would have needed you to say that. My, my I was still in diapers when she had twins. Mm-hmm. So she had three in diapers, twins. No, yeah. Man, it's, it is, I, it's, I, uh, there were, I was on this listserv when I was pregnant and my favorite one was this woman who was like feeding her twins out of one bowl to mm-hmm. you know, give them their formula. And her sister was like, that's so awful. You should be giving them each their own bowl and treat them like individuals. And she just turned to her sister and said, oh, is that what you do with your twins? And that shut her sister up. And that's what I would say, like, don't talk to singleton parents about your twins. Like they don't have any idea. <laughs> useless, utterly useless. Only talk to parents of multiples if you need advice, if you have. Okay, so we'll keep the ball rolling here with uh, yeah. with something that something that we talk about on our podcast all the time, which we we coined them as dumb dad moments. We've come <laughs> to find out that they're really just dumb parenting moments, um, because no matter what your plan is, it's going to change, and mm-hmm. or you're going to be distracted. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'll lead. I will say I will lead off this week with my dumb dad moment, and it was sort of a classic dumb dad moment. It also happened right in front of two moms at the park. Perfect. Not a group. <laughs> which is perfect for this. Not a great look for me though. Um, so my, my daughter's been wanting to go to the playground recently. And so she said, she wanted to go to the playground. I was like, we'll go to the playground today. So we're at the playground. She goes down the slide like 50 times. I mean, it's all, the whole thing is dead. We have to go this way. Dead. We have to go this way. My daughter's three. So I'm following her everywhere. And she wants to go on the swings. The swings are now open. And at, and at the park we go to, they have regular swings as we all know, but they have like these swings that it's almost like a car seat. It's like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. You can just plop them in. There's no thing on the front or anything. Cause it's such a deep dish thing. You just kind of push the kid in the, in the swing. And so I plop her in there and she doesn't want me to be in front of her. She wants me to push from behind. So I'm pushing from behind and pushing around the whole time. She's saying higher, higher, higher. So I'm pushing her, pushing her. And then eventually she's trying to say something to me. 
And um, so I go around the front and she, she's not saying it loud enough. And so I'm just kind of messing around with her. And as the swing gets close to me, I get, I, I let the swing get so close that her feet touch me. And I say, Hey, you kicked me. And she's giggling. And I was really just f- trying to find a different way to slow her down so that I could ask her what she was saying. I did it like three or four times in a row. And now she's kind of swinging down to almost a stop. And really what she was trying to say was like, I want to go higher, go higher or something. I said, okay, well, we'll start again. And I pushed the swing from the front and it just dumped her, <laughs> dumped her right in front of me, right on the ground. I mean, cause I just oh, pushed yeah. it out from under her and I, it's like, as soon as it happened, I was like, Oh, and the swing swings up and now she's going to start to get up. So I run and grab the swing, which has like all this momentum. Metal. I'm catching, I'm, I'm catching this huge swing as she stands up. And so I pick her up and then she's looking at her knees. She was, kind of scraped her knees a little bit and so i'm holding her and i'm apologizing to her i was like i'm so sorry and these two moms were like what they did say was you're so lucky she's so lucky to have a dad like you you're such a good dad and i'm thinking like i just dumped her out of the swing right in front of you. what 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 is your what do your husbands do to your kid know. Yeah. what should i have done tell her to get up i mean oh man i felt so awful oh but she i mean she was fine she didn't even cry i think it just really surprised her but i just felt i felt so stupid in that moment and you know here i'm just trying to be the fun dad taking her to the park yeah. <laughs> so, oh i don't She's know so you, lucky you have a good you. one or kevin if you want to go next I'm hoping Kevin has one. You better. Have I do one. have. I always have one. Um, if I don't, when I don't have one, I will we'll shut the podcast down. <laughs> I'm done. I'm graduated. We did it. I'm a hero. We did it. Um, no, my mine was my. I was with my son in his, uh, in the backyard, and he's he's two and a half, so he's got you know that really short attention span of like let's play together, and I'm like let's play together, and we'll play with some dinosaurs, and now he's gone. Where did you, like where are you going and just his brain just thought of something else yeah so it's over right now so you're like okay so he was walking around and i was just like walking with him and he's just like just around the backyard and he's now he's we got him uh we got him and really more for my daughter who's older uh like a basketball hoop one of those ones like filled with sand and then the hoop mm-hmm. and uh he's playing around with that thing and i'm i'm just like you know give him a glance He's just investigating, and I'm like, sure, not thinking anything of it. What he was doing was taking it apart, uh, which was pretty impressive. He was un- <laughs> unscrewing the nuts from the where the, the beam is to hold the thing up. So he unscrews both of them, and it he unscrews it facing with the with the hoop to his back. So he pulls up both pins, and then the hoop just comes crashing down on top of his oh. head, slamming oh. it. Slamming him into the ground. Uh, he was pretty upset. He was fine, zero injury uh, at all. But I think he was just more scared of just like who slapped yeah. him in the back. <laughs> now he's lost all faith and all trust. It'll be he'll never play basketball. I can tell you that. I mean, it was a pretty good dribble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, definitely engineering or something. Engin- yeah, if you know, there you go. So those are two prime examples of pretty much a daily occurrence of, of apparently us injuring our children. But do you, do you have, I'm sure you have something. I have, have, something I have one. Now, of course, yes. yeah, my kids are 
older now and I have those too. But what I was thinking about in coming on here was one time, and again, this is how you lose it with your kids, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. the kids, I can't remember if they were in the car or not, but you know, those yogurts that have on the top M&Ms, yes. I forget what yes. they're called and you open yes. them up. And my three boys were there and they were squabbling. And it was, they went on and on. I was like, stop, stopping it. And then finally, I, <laughs> one of them was distressed. And I said, give him the M&Ms, like really loud and really yeah. like yelling. Yeah. My children use that phrase with me all the time. This happened 15 years ago. And they will still tease me if I get upset. And they'll say, oh, Give me, give him the M&Ms. So it's like you're, I'm sad to say that some of your worst moments, like when you're just yelling and they remember some of it and will tease you with it. I mean, for a very, very long time. So it's like really, (laughs) you dumb mom moment, uh, you know, it's so good. It reminds you that, uh, you are far from perfect. Yes. That's so good. Cause I actually, we've been having this thing lately with our kids. We've never, we've never called them bad kids. And, but a daughter, she's tried it out a few times and she's already like losing steam with it. She's like, it's, it's not, it's not working. Where she'll like do something. We're like, we don't do that. We like, what are you doing? Why would you, you know, paint on the wall or something? And then she goes, oh, I'm sorry. We're bad kids. And like, it's this thing that she tries out that we're like, my wife and I are always like, oh my gosh. So the other day, the other day that both my kids came in and they were doing something. And I was just like, hey guys, can you guys go play? Like, I think my, my wife was working, but I was talking to her about something real quick. And I was like, hey guys, I just need to finish up something with mom. Can you guys go wait in the living room real quick? I'll be right out there with you. And my daughter was like, yeah, absolutely. My son just goes, all right, we're bad kids. And my daughter, <laughs> daughter goes, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's well, like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's how these things, you know, pass between our kids and yeah. get carried on as, you know, and we all survive even oh, bad yeah. kid, bad kid, bad mom moments. I love it. They're great. <laughs> They're nice, humbling reminders. They're like, all right, I'm not doing as yeah. good as I thought. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> is there anything? Is there anything that we we didn't go over about uh, Little Otto that you want that you wanted to talk about or um, let people know? I mean, certainly we want to let everybody yeah, know where I they mean, can I go access it and I, everything. But yeah, I'd like. To, I mean, we've talked about this question of when you worry, and I think mm-hmm. maybe it would be helpful mm-hmm. for me to just say some of the things that you should look out for in yes. your child. Because yes. I think that's, um, you know, because obviously it's good, you can have anxiety symptoms or other, other things. But the key thing that we're looking for are things that aren't transient, that stick around, right? So if one day your child says they have a tummy ache before mm-hmm. doing something, but then it's fine after that, you know, that we're always looking for a pattern and something that's lasting and going on. So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, is it happening like not just in one setting, but is happening in different settings? Like it's, you know, you're seeing anxiety at school and at home, 
um, and in different places. So it's it's not just one situation to deal with. The other thing is it happening with more than one person, right? Because sometimes if a kid is only having problems or symptoms with just one person, then maybe there's some problem in that relationship. Not always, but you want to look at that. But really, when a child's having a mental health challenge, it'll happen, you know, really with different, with each of the parents, et cetera. So those are the other things. I think one of the things that you brought up is that little children and even middle school kids and teenagers often express feelings they're having of fear or sadness in physical ways. And, and that can be in tummy aches and aches and pains. It could be trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. So that things that can seem sort of like physical issues um, really can often have their roots in something that's bothering the child inside. And that's the same with, I'm going to use a air quotes here, you know, <laughs> bad behavior, which is mm-hmm. not the way we think about things. Sure, it's that sure. little kids who don't have words and, and, and are learning these skills may have a t- tantrum or be aggressive or something. And it looks like that's just a behavior, you know, stop doing that. But really that's one of the ways they communicate how they're feeling inside. So I say that, you know, one of the ways parents can approach things is with this curious mind and sort of as a kind of a detective, well, is there a pattern that's going on? What was Mm -hmm. happening before this thing happened? What happening after? What other things are going on um, at the same time? So So those are tantrums too, like, you know, just talking about tantrums, anxiety, difficulties Uh with eating, sleeping. I mean, all of these areas, you know, the common emotions and behaviors are ways sometimes it's just you know all three-year-olds have tantrums i'll just tell you that right right now but that how do you tell if something's going on that you should be worried about and then you know what we're trying to provide at little otter is is information and resources and care for all families so that Mm -hmm. so you can feel comfortable and you know we always say at little otter that parents are actually the experts of their children. We have expertise we can bring to the table and be your partner in figuring out what's going on. But our Mm -hmm. job is to empower parents to have the tools to be able to understand what's going on, to help their child learn skills that can help them manage big feelings um, and big challenges. So, and I think the last thing is we've all been going through a very terrible time for these last two years and it is impacting kids mental health and it's really impacting parent mental health so Mm -hmm. I just would want to give the message to parents who are listening to your podcast you know if you're struggling with anxiety or depression you know one of the best ways that you can support your child is to get mental health care for yourself and and yes you know putting yourself first is not at all selfish. It's the very best thing you can do for your child. Well, and as you said before in the podcast or earlier in the podcast, that's to, to be in the right mindset to teach your children and guide your children through right. what they, of course, are going to see. And many times it's a big, scary world. You want to be uh, at your best as well. Right. That includes mental Absolutely. health and all, things, and all things involved. So, um, you know, yeah, I think that's important and that's well said. 
And just to just to circle back to what you something you just said. So when my wife listens to this podcast and she hears the story about the, the basketball hoop uh, hitting my son, I need to remind her that I'm the expert. <laughs> exactly. You're like, I'm so, yes, because you so expertly dealt with it when the thing fell on his head, right? Handle it better. That's right. You're going to have you comfort <laughs> After it him. happened. He didn't, exactly. And falling After out of happened. the swing. Yep. But actually, that actually is true. That. <laughs> I know it sounds like a joke, but it's actually true. It's not, we can't prevent all bad things happening to our kids. We just can't. I mean, and you have to realize that, but what we can do is help our children when they face hard things or they're hurt or, um, and the best thing you can give your child is the confidence that they have loving parents who are going to be there for them who, you know, are there to help them in any way and who love Mm -hmm. them. So, you know, everyone's going to fall, but it's how you pick them up and comfort them after the fall. Awesome. That's again, well said. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Oh, it's um, wonderful. Thank you for having us. I, we, uh, little Otter, myself, and we are obsessed with you all. So you're, uh, (laughs) we really are. We just love, love, uh, love everything that you're doing. And we feel really fortunate to have the opportunity to work with you. I think we feel fortunate as well. And thank you yes. for saying that. We feel yeah. fortunate um, as well to be involved with Little Otter. And it kind of goes back to something, again, that we said earlier in the podcast, like how amazing is it that we're doing this right now? Three separate locations. We're talking together about this. Right. importance of mental health for children. And when I was a little kid, there, there was no internet. So, I mean, right. it, it, to, to innovate- yep. Um, is important because technology moves fast and parenting changes and things change. Yeah. And so, um, and we can connect because that's what it's mm-hmm. all about. It's yes. all with our kids and ourselves. It's all about relationships and mm-hmm. being able to, you know, do what we're doing right now, which is is connecting and sharing and learning from each other. So it's littleotterhealth.com. We want to make sure you get the socials right. But yeah. So we're Little Otter Health, Little Otter Health. So, okay. Um, on Facebook and Instagram. And uh you can follow us, Dumb Dad Pod on social. We're the Dumb Dads on YouTube. And uh I think that's pretty much all you need to know. Am I missing anything, Kev? What's your cell phone number, Kevin? Let everybody know how to get a hold yeah. of you. Um, okay. Here we go. Uh, bleep this up. <laughs> you don't even have to memorize that anymore. No. Um, so before we go, I'll tell us uh I'll, we'll we'll leave with a horrible joke and we'll all make fun of the joke and then we can say see you later. What do you call a fake noodle? A fake noodle? Mm-hmm. An impasta. Okay. That's <laughs> impasta. Gross. That's horrible. I know. Dr. Helen, sure. sorry and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Welcome to the world, little one. Welcome to life. How do I stop this? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.